of our love for God, it would, the Bible says the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the love we have for God constrain us. May the love of God we have for God cause us to do what we can do and to forget about us, forget about others, but focus on Yeshua, Amen. Jesus, our Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's continue with how to maintain your position. Amen. How many see the importance of maintaining your position? Let's quickly go through. Number one, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And be known as the person who believes in God and a person who believes in miracles. Amen. Number two, stay close to God. Let's stay close to God because when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Number three, never leave the place of prayer. In everything we do, let us not leave our place of prayer. Prayer is very important in maintaining and sustaining the blessings of God and our protection. Number four, serve the Lord in his tabernacle. Serve the Lord, meaning serve God in his church. Do something for God. Do something in the house of God. Number five, you must embrace or we must embrace correction and rebukes. Let the word of God correct us. Hallelujah. Number six, you and I must make a personal effort. Make a personal effort to know God. Make a personal effort. The Christian of today does not want to make a personal effort, but is looking for a quick fix. What can I do quickly? I, I want to do something quickly. I want a quick fix. I just, I just want to, 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 to just get all my problems solved. Just, uh, pastor, pray for me. Pour oil on me. I fall under their power, and then I get up, and everything is okay. But that doesn't work that way. I remember Kenneth Hagen was having get-free services. People would all sorts of manifestations get loose services very very wild manifestations and then people actually start i mean if you can call it some assaulting you can call it that and they were still going through their problems they were still struggling in the things they were struggling with before the prayer and then he prayed to god and said god what happened the power of god was present we could feel your touch what is going on and god said many are trying to use prayer to do what only the word can do Many are trying to use prayer to do what only the word of God can do. Make the personal effort. Number seven, guard your place in God's house family. And you guard your place in God's house family by honoring God and honoring his servants. Hallelujah. And man. Amen. Number eight, maintain your interest in spiritual things. Hallelujah. 
maintain your interest in spiritual things. Number nine, first love. Go back to your first love and first works. Revelation 2, 1 to 3. Last week we began to talk about the first love. We read from Revelation 2, 1 to 5 actually. Hallelujah. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Last week we began to go into the first love. Let's read it. Hallelujah. Unto the church angel or angelos of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know people. Hallelujah. Tell me when to start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Revelation 2, 3. Okay, let's start from verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor. I know your works. I know what you do for me. Hallelujah. In the seven letters, you see a common phrase, I know thy works, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. So, God knows our works, our patience, and the fact that we cannot bear evil thing, people. And that's a good thing, because the Bible says that you've loved righteousness, you've hated iniquity. And I've given you the, the oil of gladness. It's a good thing. Can I have an amen? And, and, and has found them which say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. So we must aspire to be people who work for God. Who labor diligently for him. Who are patiently enduring in all things. Who, are, who hate sin. Who hate evil. Who hate iniquity. Who, who are able to know the word of God so much that when someone is preaching false doctrine, you'll be able to find out that they are wrong. Yes, this is very powerful. Number three of verse three. And has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored. So these are people who have labored all out and have not given up. These are people who we must salute. So on earth, you see such people and everyone wants to be like them. Everyone wants to be like them. And it is good. I want to have this. I want God to be able to tell me this. Thou good and faithful servant. But let's continue. Verse 4. Nevertheless, in spite of all these things, nevertheless, in spite of these things that are, are, are commendable, I have somewhat against thee. I have a problem with you. Yes, you have done what most people cannot do. You have, you have done many things. You have won many souls. You have done many church activities. You have done great works. But I still have something against you. In spite of what you have done, you have not done the needful thing. In spite of what you have done, you have not realized that I chose the apostles, number one, first to be with me and then to do the things that are commendable. But you have forgotten the first position, which is that you must first be with me before you do the others. You've forgotten the first thing, which is that you must love God, love your neighbor, and then do th these things. And then labor. And then do all the, 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 the works that we talked about. 
I have somewhat against you. Go to verse 3. So yes, I know you've done all these things. But what about my first love? What, what, what about loving me? What about loving your neighbor before you have the patience? Before you labor? Before you do the first works? Before you do your first love? What, what, what about those things? I wish you'd have just known what I was trying to do and go to verse 2 so I can read them. But it's okay. I'm sure you'll catch on. Amen. How many are getting what I'm saying? Very, very important. Now verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Because you have left your first love. Because you have forsaken your first love. Because you have gone away from your first love. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember that you were at a high level. The fact that you were at the first love, the fact that you had the first love before, you were at the highest level. The Bible says that David the king was the firstborn of all the kings of the earth. He was the firstborn because of his first love for God. David the king was the number one for God. He was the most important king in the world. He was the firstborn, meaning the, the first ranking. The, the chiefest of the kings of the earth. Why? Because of his first love for God. So God is saying, remember that you were at a very high position when you loved me. You were very, very high and you have fallen. Now what is the level of the falling? The level of falling from the first love. How did you love God? How do you love him now? That's the distance of the fall. That's the distance of the fall. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. Many people have backslidden and fallen short. Even though they are still working and they are still going to church every Sunday. There could be people who are going to church three, four times a week. There could be people who are not only going to church four times a week but they are in God's house, but they've fallen. They've fallen. They are fallen heroes. Meanwhile, you are working and people are applauding you, but you are fallen because you don't love people. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you are, you, you are not an example you are of someone who loves. You can, you can move to the side. Titi. Yeah, baby. Hallelujah. You, you, are, you are not an example of someone. Can someone help us? I don't have to keep talking. Uh, yeah. Hallelujah. Someone get up and do it instead of sit down. Hallelujah. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Amen. Hallelujah. So how many, what am I talking about? I'm talking about what you used to do for God. The way you used to do things for God. You did things for God because of your love for him. You did things for God because of your love for others. Now you are doing things for God because of something else. And you have fallen. You have fallen. You have fallen. There are many Christians who are very active, but they've fallen. I, as I'm preaching this, I've asked myself, what about my first love? What, what, so I, I was writing, what are the things I did when I first loved God? What were my motives? And I've listed them down. List yours too. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. Repent. Have a complete turn around of mind and heart. Complete turn around. Repent.
repent and realize that the most important things are not what we do for him, but our first love for him. That should be my focus. That should be your focus. Not even my preaching. Not even the crusade I'm about to have. That, that, that is not the most important. That's not the chiefest. The crusades are not the chiefest, but my first love for him. Because he can raise another person to do it. But you can't easily raise another person to have first love for you. And do the first works. The first works you did when you loved God. The first works you did because of your love for God and your love for people. Your first works. We'll talk about first works. Or else, a warning. Or else, or else, I will come unto thee quickly. Quickly. I will come quickly. And I will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except thou repent. Now when your candlestick is out of its place, because you are doing something for God, there will still be relevance. But your candlestick, it can be blown out, but the light will still shine for some time before it goes. So you and I must realize that the fact that we are laboring does not mean that God is pleased with us. The fact that we are laboring does not mean that our candlestick is secure. The candlestick can be moved out of place in relation to our position, our, our position with God. The candlestick relative to our position with God can be removed. If Christ is here and the candlestick is right by him, it can be removed. Now, wherever Christ is, if my candlestick is there, if Christ moves here, my candlestick is, is by him, I have no problem. But if Christ is here, my candlestick is further away, then he's taken it and removed it. Now, the candlestick can represent your light. So let your light shine. Look, for example, at Matthew chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. You and I are light. In fact, let's continue. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So our, 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 the candlestick holds the light. So my light and your light, my relevance and your relevance, my position relative to Jesus Christ and your position depends on where your candlestick is. If Christ has moved your candlestick, you will not be relevant anymore. You can, you, 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 can, you can have a large crowd, but you might still not be relevant because there's no impact. God is not there. God is not touching people. God is not letting your light shine. But when your light is shining, it will be seen. I said, when your light is shining, it will be seen. Why? Because men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. So, ladies and gentlemen, you and I must realize that there is a first love. And you and I must not neglect our first love and our first works. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Now, my question is, do you still have your first love? Or 
Did you ever have a first love? If you never had a first love, if you are a born-again Christian and there was never a time that you loved God so much that you wanted to do stuff for him, you wanted to just serve him and give him your all, I question you. You should question whether you are truly saved. Because the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it, what does it profit, brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him or can that faith save him so many people have an experience you see, many people think they are Christians because they've confessed the sinner's prayer many people could be have an emotional experience say the sinner's prayer but not believe that Jesus died his blood was shed Jesus God raised him from the dead there are many who will not even know that God raised Jesus from the dead Many Christians don't know that the qualification for salvation is that Jesus rose from the dead and we have faith in him. What, is the, what are the qualifications for salvation? We know that Jesus is Lord and God. We know that he died on the cross for our sins. His blood was shed for our sins. And that he died and was buried and after the third day, God raised him from the dead. That is salvation. When you believe these things with all your heart, you are guaranteed salvation after confessing it. There was a crusade in Nicaragua where the lady didn't have a tongue. She couldn't speak. And she was weeping in front of the altar, wanted to, wanted to be saved. You remember? Wanted to be saved. Crying. We need to confess, but how are you going to confess? So the only way was for me to say it and her to nod. That was all. Her to just say it in her heart and nod. God will hear that because there's no tongue to say it. But those who have a tongue, you must confess. You must confess. You must confess. And that was the most important part of the service for me. That woman being saved. Whilst others were rushing for healing, that was not my concern. My concern was that particular woman. After the others who were saved. Hallelujah! Am I preaching to somebody? So, very important to move forward you and I must realize and do the following number one analyze if you are in the category of those who have forgotten or left their first love very important did you hear that number two Remember that we have fallen and assess how far you have fallen. Remember that you have fallen. First, realize that you've fallen from your first love. Number two, remember that you have fallen and see the distance of your fall. Number three, repent. Decide that I have done wrong, I have fallen, and Christ Jesus has something against me. Not because I committed murder. Not because I stole. But because I have forgotten my first love. Number four, turn back to your first love for God. Number five, go back to your first works when you first met Christ and knew him. Hallelujah. And then last week, we began to talk about the first love. Let's go to 
quickly Deuteronomy 6.4.5, Mark 12.28-34, and Matthew 22.34-40. We'll quickly brush through. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Hallelujah. Now, Matthew 12, 34. I'll start from Ma Ma Matthew, yes, Matthew 22, 34-40. And when the Pharisees, the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, one of them, being a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Mark 12, 28 to 34. Mark 12, 28-34. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reason together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first, or the chiefest, or the most important, or the first-ranking commandment of all? The first, the chiefest commandment is similar to the first love. Because first Protos, first, chiefest, most important, first ranking, first ranking commandment, first ranking love, chiefest love, first. The first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Other versions say the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It means that we have one God in three persons. It's very clear that we don't have three separate courts handling three separate things. We don't have three separate gods who are dealing with three, I mean, three separate gods who understand each other and they just do their own thing. No. We have one God, only one, in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. They are each God, and yet they are not God by themselves, but it's one God, meaning that you can't see Jesus is by himself. The Father is by himself. The Holy Spirit is by himself. They are three separate persons with three separate wills. But they are, when I say three separate wills, their will is one, but their, their will is separate. Oh, what are you talking about? Father, not my will, but thou will. Not as I will, but as you will. As the Holy Spirit wills the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and etc., etc. Hallelujah. But their will is not three, but one. It was only once in eternity that God the Father and God the Son had a discussion about wills. That was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But ever since then, it's never been possible that there will be three wills, but one will. That's why we have one God in three places. When we know him, and we know him in truth. Then we go to verse 29. Verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. So now that we know him, we know who to love. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh Elohim, 
Yahweh is one. The Lord, Yehoshua, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, thou shalt love the Lord, Yahweh, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And this word all is your whole, your entire. And thou shalt love the Lord, thy God, with the whole, every part of your heart, with all, with every, your entire soul, and with all, your entire mind, and with all, your entire strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 31. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Many people, like uh, one of you said, many people have gone ahead. Well, have, 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 many people have jumped ahead of the first two commandments and are doing the third. Many people have jumped and are, are doing church work in church. Powerful shepherds. Powerful pastors. Powerful people. But they have gone to number three. And number one and number two have been neglected. And they've fallen. Meanwhile, they were heroes in the past. I'm th- this is for all of us. For me also. Heroes in the past. Heroes in terms of God and how we loved him. That's why John 4.24 says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our love for God should be so much that compared to the one we love or compared to anyone else, our love for God must be so strong that our love for the one we love on earth or in the universe should be so low in comparison to our love for God that it is almost as if there's no space for that person. Let me say it in another way. Our love for God must be so high that it, it compared to our love for the next person, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your family, whether it's your parents, whether it's your, your siblings, whether it's your child, whoever it is, my love for God and your love for God must be so high in comparison to the other that it is almost like hate. Hallelujah. And that's what we found uh, 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 when Jesus said, the one who would come after me must hate Luke 14, 26. Let's look at it. But look at it from uh, Amplified. Am I preaching to somebody? Very, very important. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, hey, how can God who is love say hate? That's why it's important to do Bible study. Or you run with strength in error and say now let's start hating people and we'll actually start hating no my father my mother no i hate you my siblings i hate you you abandon people and satan will handle you with ease because he's taking over because you did not do your bible study if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference or to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes, and even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So it doesn't also go to other people. You, your life, 
your life must be so insignificant compared to your love for God that it is almost as if you hate yourself. Now, that word uh, uh, hate is uh, uh, the word misio. Hallelujah. Which means loveless indifference. We talked about that last week. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Let's continue. How many are getting what I'm talking about? Now, Jesus was making a very important distinction. When you look at the Hebrew for Lord, remember that Lord, capital L, when you look at the Bible, in general, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is Lord. You see other versions, you, you see other verses in the Old Testament that say capital L, small O, small R, small D. Now, Lord is the tetragrammaton or the, the covenant name of God. Now, when the Bible says, do not take the name of your Lord in vain, the, the, the scribes who are writing the, the Old Testament removed the vowels so that no one will really know how to pronounce the name of God. So that's why we, because it's Y, capital Y, capital H, capital W or V, capital H. So that's why we get the name Yahweh, Jehovah, even though Jehovah, that's another story, but that's where we get the name Yahweh. Hallelujah. So that is Jehovah. You just call it Jehovah. Now, the, small, the, the L, small O-R-D, do you understand what I'm saying? Is Adonai, meaning that the substitution of the vowels. So they need to substitute the vowels and then give a name that would be easier for the, the, the people of God to mention, which is Adonai. That's where you get the name Adonai. Hallelujah. So Yahweh, the God of Israel. Now, when you look at the New Testament, so the Old Testament, when God was saying that thou shalt love the Lord your God, he was saying thou shalt love Yahweh Elohim. God in the Old Testament is Elohim. Thou shalt love Yahweh Elohim. Now, in the New Testament, when Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy 6, he uses the word Lord, which means, are you listening? Master, say, Lord, a person exercising absolute ownership rights, supreme in authority and controller of the universe. So it means Yahweh is the supreme Lord, master, controller of the universe, supreme authority, exercising absolute ownership rights to the universe and to you and I. I don't know if you are understanding that. So it means that when we are loving God, we are also allowing him to have absolute rights, absolute ownership rights, absolute authority, supreme authority as master, lord, and controller. So you cannot say thou shalt love the Lord your God when he, is, he, he doesn't have these qualities or he doesn't have this influence over you. He must be your Lord for you to love him in satisfying this verse. But if you see him as just yeah, deity, this God, I don't need to love him, he doesn't have any rights over me, I'm my own person, then you cannot love him. That's why Jesus said, if a man loves me, he will keep my commandments. 
Because in keeping my commandments, how can you call me Lord when you don't do the things I say? In keeping his commandments, you make him Lord indeed in your life. I don't know if you are hearing what I'm talking about. So love God with all our hearts, our innermost being. Our innermost being. We are to love God with all our hearts, our entire whole, complete hearts. It means that my love for God is so great that there is almost no space for anything else. But such because God is love, even though there is no space for anything else, you love more than anyone will love. If you do it well. If you are getting what I'm talking about. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Is it clear? We must love God with all our innermost being, our will, our intentions, our thoughts, our feelings. My question is, as for the innermost being, someone might say, I don't even know how to even know it. So don't worry about that. But your innermost being, your, the depths of your heart, from the belly area, your will, has he taken control of our will to the point that our will doesn't matter? Shout me down now, preaching you here. Others have a will of making money and they pursue it in spite of God wanting us to make his will number one. Others have a will of all sorts of things. I want to get married. That's my will. Hey, there are some people who chase it, chase it, chase it, chase it. I want to have, what, what do you want to have? It's important. But make sure that your will is to do the, your will is to do the will of him that sent me. Jesus said. What is the will of God? Make your will his will. His will is that you love him, number one. You love your neighbor and you do his work. You serve him. You do your first works. That is the will of God. To love him. To love him. To love others. To love others. To be compassionate. Thank God that he's injected me with, with, with uh, I still need more. But he's, he's, well, I can't say he's injected because it's not enough for me. I need more. But he's injecting me with love for people who I don't know. People, poor, hard, hard, Suffering people. Suffering people. I need more of that. You know, be careful what you ask for, but Lord. Hallelujah. Our intentions. What are your motives? What are your intentions? Oh, I'm doing it because I want to be seen. How many people do things and honor with their lips? Not only God, but every man. There are many people who behave as if they love, but they don't really love. There are many people who behave as if they want to help the poor. When we go downtown and we are talking to the poor and we are helping them, maybe giving them something, and we tell them about Jesus. As for me, you will never catch me giving anything to someone without saying Jesus loves you. You won't get me. Even though they have the compassion. Because what's the point of giving them food and they go into hell? No, no, no. 
I, I have to say something. If you don't give me the chance, I'll debate whether to even go. I have to say something. There are people who, when we go downtown, when we help them and we are telling them about Jesus, they tell us that, look, we see all these things. We know it. People come with their cameras so that they'll get more money. You are, you are giving me something not because you care. You are giving me something because of what you would gain from it. You gain. This, they tell us that all the time. We tell them that we are not like that. But they tell us. You are giving. So there are many people who motives, intentions, your love. So, oh, I'm giving. Oh, people come with crates so that they'll get. It's painful when you go to some part of Africa. And you see NGOs playing tea there. They just go and they just go and just throw some dust in their eyes, give them peanuts and water, something small, and then they get big checks. But they don't do the thing. They don't go to the people where there's no light. They don't go to the places where there's no light. They don't even know the name Jesus. They've not even heard it before. There's no, there, there's no light, no electricity, no water. Motives and intentions. Some people, they didn't do well in school, so they want to go and be, become a pastor so that they can make money. At least that's a trade. Don't shut me down now, preaching good here. Our thoughts. Let's think about our God, our Savior, and our King. The one who gave it up. He gave up everything. Do we think about our God? Do we think about our God? Do you think about God? Do you think about God? Do you think about God? Every day, do you think about God? Oh, what can I do to please God? What can I do? God, help me. I'm struggling with this. Yes, you can be struggling with something. No, God, I, 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 I'm struggling with this. Or I don't want to give this amount. I don't want to do whatever it is. You can be struggling, but you are, are you thinking about God? Are you finding ways to please him? Do you think about how can I please him? Or what can I see the latest gadgets in town? How do I please God? What, what, what can I do to please him? Do we think about him? When you are in love with someone, you think about a person all the time. Don't shut me down. It's a fine message here. You'll be thinking about a person. When you are in love, people you don't know yet, but when you fall in love to the right person, you think about the person all the time. You think about the person. When you've not talked, spoken to the person for some time, you, it will bother you. Am I saying something to somebody? Our feelings, this means that all our affection, our will, our lives must be in love with Jesus. That, 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 that's, that's the reality. We must get to a point where we say, look, nothing matters but Jesus. He must go. You see, so sometimes as life goes by, you forget your first love. So you must get to the point where you say, Lord, Nothing matters by you. If I die, I die. I, I, I don't care. Life doesn't matter without you. Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gear. I don't, I don't, I'm poor, I'm rich. It doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus. So long as I have Jesus, it matters, I don't care about anything. When you have a beloved and you're about to marry the person, and the person says, I'm going to Congo to be a missionary there. If 
you love the person with first love, it will not matter where the person is going to be. The what matters is I'm with you. Oh, I'm with you. I don't care where you are because I'm with you. So long as I'm with you, we are going to be okay. Yeah. We must get to that place where we, we want to lean on his breasts, his shoulders. We, we want to hear his heartbeat. We, we want intimacy with him, intimacy with God, intimacy where my beloved is mine and I'm his. Glory to God. That is, that, that is the first love. Not just working. Many, many pastors, Christians, they don't pray. I'm, at least we've heard that many times in preaching. I've heard it many times. And it's true. Many pastors don't pray. How can you say that you love God and you are not praying? You, are not, you don't want to talk to him. You are not eager to speak to him. How can you say you love God and you don't want to hear from him? How? And, and some people feel that hearing from him is, uh, no, hearing from him is the Bible. Even if you don't have your quiet time, you are worried, disturbed. No, God, help me. I want to have my quiet time. I didn't have it today. No. Because you are in love. And when you are in love with first love, I want to hear from him. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from her. Glory. I want to hear. That's why I say I want to hear. I want to hear from him. I want to hear. I, I, I can't wait. People will be on the phone for three hours, four hours, and then when they marry, it turns to five minutes talking. That's not your story in Jesus' name. Three hours on the phone, they sleep on the phone. Because they had the first laugh first. Some were just chasing, so being nice. And then when they married, the first laugh dropped, and now even three minutes is a problem. But first love, you want to talk. I said, first love, you want to what? Talk. First love, you want to what? Talk. First love, you want to what? Talk. And when you don't hear from the person, you get upset. I've seen some texts of people who were working in first love, and I could not believe it. The desperation of desire. The desire, the, the, you have not called me. That's what God wants from you. <clears throat> the soul, <clears throat> the appetite, the passion. Is your passion money? Is your passion a, a, a husband or a wife? Is your passion a child? Is your passion school? Getting the certificate? What is the passion? Or oh, the passion is Jesus. What is the passion? The girlfriend? Boyfriend? No, we don't do that boyfriend, girlfriend. We say beloved. But is it the beloved? What is the passion? May it be Jesus. May it be Jesus. My appetites. Human appetites. Yes, I have appetites. We all have appetites. 
appetites of the flesh. You got to eat. You got to do the things you got to do. But as those appetites are there, Jesus must be the first appetite. The most important appetite. My emotions. My emotions. My mind. God's an understanding. God's a learn of me. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God is so interested in us learning about him. Because I, I take offense, not offense, but I, oh, you don't, need to, you don't know about me. Eh? You, you don't want to know how I am, what I like, what I don't like. Okay, I see you. That's how God is. You, you, you don't want to know what makes me happy. You don't want to know what irritates me. But when you read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, even with Jesus, you can tell clearly what he likes, what he doesn't like, what irritates him, what doesn't. But that's learning about a person. Taking time to study the person. Taking time to study him. You can study each other, but God has given, revealed how we can know him through his word. Through his word. Through his word. We must, we, we, our disposition, who glory. Jesus said, mother, I mean, think about it. Jesus was in the temple with his parents. The parents traveled and left him. And then for a long time, they hadn't seen him. Wow, my time. I was looking at this. They hadn't seen him. They had traveled, is it three days or a number of days journey? And then they went looking for him all around and they found him in the temple. He was answering questions, asking questions, and reasoning with the scribes and the teachers of the law. When you don't know, if I talk to you about astronomy or the Big Bang, which is trash, or evolution, which is trash, but at least I've studied them. If I, well, not like in terms of a scientist, but I've studied enough to know that it's rubbish. Even when I'm talking to someone about it, if you have not, you don't know anything about it, you will not be able to contribute. You will not even know how to ask questions. You, you, you won't even know how, what, how are you going to ask the questions. So he, he, they, were, they were astonished at his understanding. Then when the mother saw him, he said, Yeshua, what happened? We've been looking all over for you and Jesus was, oh, mommy, oh. Do you not know that? Where, where else will you find me? I mean, why were you searching around? You should have known that I'll be at my father's business. I'll be in my father's house. Where else will I be? Where else will I be? But the Bible wanted, God wanted us to know an important thing. What did he want us to know? He wanted us to know that Jesus was subject to his parents. And then, with all our strength. Am I preaching to somebody? With all our strength. With all our strength. And that word strength is force, power, abundance, our might, our abilities. So it means that you and I must work hard at work. Many people give 90% of their, their strength to work and to school, but 10% to God. That's even a blessing. God would be, would be like, wow, okay, I found someone, 
Some will give only 1%. Some will give no, none. But this verse means that in ranking, our strength must be for him. Meaning that our time and our energy must be used in the word and in prayer and in his work. But especially the word and prayer. Strength. And it should be nothing to us. People are doing the work of God and it's like it's, they are doing God a favor. Or it's kind of like it's difficult. I mean, I don't know if I get what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of like, oh wow, I'm doing a difficult thing. But it should be a joy. It should be a joy. It should be a joy. It's a joy. When I go out on the streets to win souls, it's a joy. When I go out on the streets to do something for someone, it's a joy. It's a joy. It must be a joy. <clears throat> must be a joy. Must be a joy. Who oh, glory to God? It must be a joy. The Bible says that the love that Jacob had for Rachel, you see. Jacob wanted to marry Rachel because he was in love with Rachel. Now, instead of the, 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 the uncle Laban wanted to trick him because God had his hand on Jacob. So, in those days, the weddings, you, you have to consummate the marriage. I mean, the marriage, all these different things we do. No, what they did was you go to the room, light off, whatever. Everyone is outside waiting. And when they see blood, then they know that, okay, it's good. So Jacob went excited. And I'm sure when he was getting in the action, he realized that this is not Rachel because this doesn't sound like Rachel. But it was too late. He was already in the action, in the mode. <laughs> then he said, why have you deceived me? He could have gotten up and said that before, but the action, as he started, his mind just went off. Right after that, Jacob said, uncle, why have you deceived me? He forgot that he was a supplanter. Just like Apostle Paul, remember that he persecuted. So he was the only one who had so many problems in persecution, whips and all sorts of things. That's another time. But Jacob said, why did you deceive me? You gave me Leah. Did I not ask for Rachel? And then Laban said, yes, it's okay. I want you to save me another seven years. Seven years. Not seven weeks. Even seven weeks I'll be upset. Seven years. The Bible says that Jacob served Laban, Laban for seven years. And seven years seemed like a few days. The effort to work for him for seven years was nothing. It was nothing. Oh, seven years, because of my love for Rachel, seven years is nothing. The Bible says that Jacob saved Laban for seven years, and seven years seemed like a few days because of the love he had for Rachel. And we are serving God, and we say we love God, and it's, a, it's, it's difficult. Don't shut me down now, preaching good here. For us here and those watching. It seemed like a few days. When you love God, serving him is not a problem. When you love God, taking time to pray, spending the whole day. You see, when I, sometimes I get upset when I've wasted the day. But I can, if I spend the whole day praying, it's not wasted. It's actually beautiful. Because it, it, it should be, it should, that should be the norm. 
same like a few days. You see how a man and a woman, how they would travel three hours just to spend 20 minutes with their beloved. Am I preaching to somebody? But no wonder David said, I would prefer to be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than to enjoy riches with the wicked. It should be nothing to spend time with God. It should be nothing to be in his house and in his presence. I don't know that I'm preaching to somebody. And remember that your understanding also means that you, you, you now understand spiritual things. God wants us to get to the point where we are studying the way to understand it. Hallelujah. If you love someone, you understand it. You understand them. You, you understand. Uh, someone who loves God must love him with your understanding. Meaning that my understanding, okay, I don't understand many things, but as for God and the Bible and the word, at least I understand something. I understand it. The mysteries of God, I might think I understand it until I realize I didn't, but at least I understand what I need to understand. Because sometimes with God, you understand this, then before I realize the whole thing has twisted because in eternity, do you see that in Revelation, the Bible says the holy, the angels, with two, twain, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his eyes. So, so there are angels who are covering their faces as they are worshiping him, saying, holy, holy, holy. Why are they doing that? Because as they worship him and they see him, they see another beautiful, bright, powerful thing about him they didn't see before. Throughout all eternity, trillions and of trillions of years will still not see all of God because it's infinite and there's no, there's no definition of how big he is. So we'll, we will always be in awe of him. Always. So the angels will say, wow, I, I, just, I, wow, I just saw this. Oh, you are holy. Wow, I just saw this. You are holy. And they'll be doing it forever. They've been doing it and they're still doing it. When we get there, we'll also be seeing awesome things about God. But we must understand him. Why do we love God? Why should there be a first love for God? There are many reasons, but I'll give two. Why? My time is up. Why? I've not even started the first works. So I thought I would do that today. <clears throat> Why should you love God with the first love? Number one, First John 4.19. Remember that the first love is number one. Then first works is number two. We love him because he first loved us. Oh, glory to God. Amen. We must love God because he first loved us. Now I tell you exactly. We must love God because he first loved us. We didn't love him before he loved us. He loved us with a great everlasting love. People like us, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visited him? When we look at man, we are but dust. Why should he love us? Why should he die for us? Why should we be the object of his affection? We. No wonder the Bible says, what manner of love 
the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. For God commended his love toward us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. For even for, 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 for a, a righteous man, one will even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. In that whilst we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more now that we are in him? Glory. Number two. <clears throat> we love God because God sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. God, God, because God rescued us from a terrible thing. Why should we love God? Because God rescued us from hell. You and I deserve, I deserve to go to hell. Those who are burning will know that they deserve to be there. I deserve to be in hell. I, I, I deserve to go to hell. <clears throat> All mankind deserves hell. Not that, oh, we don't deserve it. We are not sure we deserve it and some will go. No, no, no. We deserve, that is, that is, should be our place. Yes, but because of the love of God. That's what the Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages or the penalty of sin is death. All of us belong there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if God rescued you and I from eternity of pain and torment and separation from God and hellfire, how will you not love him? How can you not love a God who did not just call an angel or call any person but came himself to be the substitutionary sacrifice? Why will you not love such a person? How can, how can we not love such a God? <clears throat> how? When we were nothing and he's made us kings and priests unto God. When he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. When he has saved us with a great salvation. How can we not love him? Those who don't love him don't understand what they've been saved from. The one who is called righteousness. Jehovah our righteousness. Jehovah Mikedesh. The one who is our righteousness became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. These are the reasons why we must love him. These are the reasons why it is just a reasonable sacrifice. In view of God's mercies, Romans 12, 1, as I wrap up, Romans 12, 1, amplified, in view, in view of what God has done for us, of God's mercies. In, in, because of what he has done. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. And that's why Apostle Paul had to make an appeal. Because this is a very important appeal. If God has done nothing which is impossible for us. We cannot say and he allows us to go through any problem like the unbeliever, with no rescue. Maybe all he did was save us 
and then went to heaven, no rescue. He's done the best for us, and we must love him all out. <clears throat> but he's such a good God that he also provides for us, and he's working in our face. He's involved in every detail of our lives. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view, in view, because of all God's mercies, in view of his mercies. So you and I must remember his mercy, remember his grace, remember his salvation, remember what it cost him, in view of God's mercy. We must offer, make a decisive dedication. Decisive dedication. Decisive dedication of our bodies, our members, our faculties as a living, holy, devoted, consecrated sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is our reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. You and I must make that decision. We must make it. We must make it. We must love him. We must get to the point where we are thirsty for him. Lord, I thirst for you. As the deer panteth for the water, so longeth my soul after thee. The deer panteth, is, is eager. Is <clears throat> the deer, oh, the, the deer is just searching for water. <clears throat> the deer is passionate about water. The deer is, is, is seeking for water. The deer doesn't want to think about anything when the deer is thirsty but water. And when the deer drinks water, the deer is satisfied. As the deer panteth after the water, hungry for the water. This is what Jesus is looking for. So longeth my soul after you. Glory to God. I love that song. I must sing it again. You alone are my heart's desire. You alone. Now, David is saying you alone, but he had family members. But he said, you alone are my heart's desire. You alone. Glory to God. You alone. God must see that it is only you alone. It is only you, God. And I long to worship you. You alone are my strength. Meaning that I take strength and my shield. You alone are my strength and my shield. You alone. <clears throat> I don't want my spirit to yield to anything but you. You alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire and I long. I desire to worship you. Oh, wow. That's why David was untouchable. That's why God said, David, you are my firstborn. First ranking of all the kings of the earth. Firstborn. Firstborn. First ranking. Oh, the name you and I be firstborns to God. May God see us and say, look, he's not perfect. She's not perfect, but I love him and he loves me. She loves me. We love each other. In fact, the love. Hey, David loved God so much.
much. I mean, you can understand why he sang this song. He loved God so much that there was a time he was thirsty. I'm thirsty for a drink. I'm so thirsty. As he was thirsty, his men, faithful men, went and risked their lives to get water for him. As he was about to drink the water, he said, no. This water, let me offer it to the Lord. This is the same person who wanted to build a house. He said, how can I be in a nice house? And my God is intense. Let me build him a house. So he went to get the threshing floor. And as he was going, he realized, glory to God, that the man said, look, I'll give it to you for free. You are the king. He said, hey, I will never, never do anything or purchase anything for God without a premium. Meaning that I, I'm willing to pay good money because it is God. I'll, I'll do it well. He's the one who, when the ark was coming, he danced before the Lord with all of his might. He loved God so much that he didn't care about the others. It is as if it was just he and God. The embarrassment, he didn't care. He danced before the Lord. As the deer panted, so long get my soul after me. That is what, this is what God wants from us. If we can just be worshippers and we don't do anything and we love him, we will be close to him.
to love you with a first love. We, we want to love you. Show us how to do it. Give us the grace to do it. Give us the hearts that love you, Lord. We want you. We want to love you. We want to be with you. We want to be in your presence. We want to be known to you when heaven has those who love you with all our hearts, all our soul, all our minds, all our understanding, all our strength. Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you Lord Jesus for saving me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you all. You may take your seats. God bless you those online. I want to say
God be with you. May you love God with a first love. May you love God and obey the first two commandments, to love God and to love each other. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and shalom. Hallelujah, it's now time to take our offering. <clears throat> Amen. Let's take out a good offering. It's time to also pay our tithe. I'll read that verse one of these days. For those who don't know it, about coming, taking uh, the basket, coming in front. Hallelujah. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that later on. Amen. So let's get... Uh, an offering basket. Amen. And yeah, Father God, bless our offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then our tithe, if you have your tithe, 10% of your increase, Father God, bless our tithe in the name of Jesus. May our tithe be blessed. May our tithe cause the devourer to be stilled and stopped in the name of Jesus. Because of our tithe, oh God, may you open the windows of heaven and pour out and empty out so much blessings, so many blessings that there will not be enough room to contain it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Give and it shall come back to you.